Hey, what's up everyone? Just dropping in to let you know that there is a little bit of a recap you might be interested in right after the banter. Seemed like a nice time to go over a couple of things and make sure that everybody's on the same page. And uh, hey, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at knucklebonespod. We'd love to hear from you. All right, well, if you want to get right at it, jump to seven minutes and 30 seconds. I'll talk to you soon. Previously on Knucklebones. Lumi, Ulysses, Cormac, and Klondike, otherwise known as Luck, by the way, swooped the butts from the Charybdis mishap to a quaint and quiet hobbit hole to lay low for the evening. Things took a turn when Liza donned the face of the Martin of Umbros. It was a face that Cormac was familiar with. A troubled and powerful young man from years ago who went by the name Adrostos. The Martin's role in the Echo's appearance is still sort of unknown. The group was interrupted by a cauldron call. A wizard called Alden O'Shaughnessy claimed that Delane was lost and called all available coven members to meet at the kettle. Cormac the Blue, an old partner of Babatha's, urged her to continue on her quest and he would fill her in. And before everyone turned in, Cormac and his friends gave the butts a couple of pretty powerful magic items to help them along the way. Not that they need any more toys. Bone Boys, Scalades, Osteo Envies, Trans Taluses, Chitin Kids, and all the cartilaginous folks in between. Welcome back to Knuckle Bones. Butts all around. But you guys. I really apologize for that. I thought I was muted. I I thought you were doing fucking bits, dude. Nope. I was just doing stupidity. Yeah, well, welcome to the club. That's kind of what we do here. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like 100% par for the course. So It's on brand. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I might argue that it made a little too much sense for what we do. Okay. So ah, what? yes, I knew there was something there. <laughs> so that effect reminds me. I have now had uh, probably four independent people pull me aside to go, hey, uh, you yeah. Rescue Rangers movie is pretty fucking good. And Hell yeah. I'm curious if you guys have had, like, uh, exclusively, like, adult men in their 30s who were like, no, it actually, like, rules pretty hard. You it should act- watch it. It actually fucking slaps. And I'm curious what? if you guys have been hearing this same thing, because now I, I kind of want to go see it. Um, I have what are not we talking about? been hearing this. They made a live-action Rescue I... Rangers, like, Chip and Dale the Rescue Rangers movie, and every uh-huh. person I've talked to has unsolicited been like, it's basically the spiritual sequel to Roger Rabbit, and it's just as good. It's I've like, also never seen fuck? Roger Rabbit, so okay. I don't know what so that means. So everybody, everybody, oh. everybody, everybody An listening right now, if you want us for some fucking reason, I don't know why, it has nothing to do with D&D, but what the fuck do we have to do with D&D for 90% what are you of the pitching? podcast? What's happening? <laughs> I'm pitching that if we We get, buy Disney. Yes, we buy Ooh. Disney. Actually, I got like seven I'm, bucks in my pocket. I'm actually pitching that we sell ourselves to Disney, right? I don't know how exactly we'd make. I mean, I feel like you know they've got Marvel and Star Wars, right? So like, they could maybe handle Knucklebones. Two, like, two small-time properties compared to Knucklebones, right? We, right, but and I feel like we might universe? we might have to like, be a little less horny BCU, to get bro. brought out by Disney, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. No, I was going to pitch that, like, obviously we need to have, like, a watch party wherein we watch this and do, like, a live commentary. 
Okay, quick, go marry other people so we can get some extra money. All right, all right, all right. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> if you could send in your video dating profiles, uh, yeah, just be... send in your mom. Or just like send in idea. your mom. Do you have? Are yeah. you a mom that wants to adopt us? I accept oh, all mothers. Oh, I uh? like this. Huh? Huh? Do you want to be a spiritual mother to our podcast? A godmother, perhaps. I like to think of myself as the spiritual mother of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Spiritual Mother Mikey. Now, here's the real yeah. question. Two words that are everyone they, would use to describe me. I don't Spiritual know that mother. either one of these works well. Are they knuckle moms? Ooh. Are they are they mommer bones? Mm, Mommy bones. That one feels like it might have some yeah. implications. All, all of these we don't sound want tied like with our category. Yeah, they do all kind of sound like. Like, if someone was like, check out Knuckle Moms, I'd be like, you fucking nope. deviant. We don't need that sort of thing tied into our brain. Oh Never talk to me again. You <laughs> sick Knuckle bastard. Moms featuring Cherie DeVille. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke that if you get it, you're a fucking degenerate. Max, I don't get it. I there's, would love there's to explain There's four it to people yeah, out there losing their fucking gourds you? over that joke. Hey, man. I will say the the main reason she's in my mind right now is because she was on a podcast, not for any alternative reason. Uh, same, same. I'm same. assuming this is a porn uh-huh. person. Oh, one hundred percent. She is. is okay. She is like the stepmom of porn. That's that is yeah. quite a mantle. No, stepmom is such a funny that. phrase to use specifically that. around porn that really made me laugh. <laughs> No, it's hey, the, honestly. Like, she's the like, stepmom of porn, and by that I mean she gets stuck in the dryer like a lot. A lot. <laughs> what? What's wrong with pornography? Which is funny. Okay, oh, por- porn aside, oh. I have actually never, <laughs> never seen a porno where that is a plot point of someone I, being stuck in like a I thought you were going to say I've never but actually I've been seen, stuck in the I've dryer. I've seen so many Reddit <laughs> memes of it that like it's now a thing that I think is funny. Well, it's it was. If I'm, if I remember correctly, at like the beginning of COVID, what it came out and it was just a joke, and it was one of the like last ones to be produced or something. There was some like uh, reason why it actually like hit as a as just like a, a joke meme. Like right. there's a reason it hit for some reason like near the beginning of COVID, I think. And I remember like someone on a podcast again being like, "No, this." Like it's not it's not a popular thing. It's just everyone's making fun of this one thing. Yeah, uh, but hmm. no, and that's like I, it's it's such a like funny uh, it, a meme, but like in the broader sense of meme, where like memes can also be like comments or just like canned responses to things. are not necessarily like image with text, right? Uh, and it's like it's one of those things that has like really invaded the comment sections of everything on the internet. That like I am simultaneously very glad and slightly ashamed that I get when I see it. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I've been on the internet for too long. Mama Tarsals. Oh, Mama Tarsals. I mm, like tarsals. where your head is at. Or Mama Carpal. I don't hate Mama Carpal, but that sounds more like a name of somebody. Like you're going to go visit Mama Carpal who lives in the tree. The mom I, I cannot wait for us to have to fight a yeah, hag and you bring really a mama couple down here in a ballet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, giving me ideas. Mama, those are those are solid. The mumbars. <laughs> for our British <laughs> listeners, the mumbars. Yeah. yeah. We need a little extra mumbar support. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're sitting on one good one. I see it on your face. <laughs> 
To be clear, Nick, you're I'm saying up. you see a good mom on his face? Is that what you're saying? Hell yeah. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Okay. Here's what I'd like. From one of one of the three of you, how about like a 30-second all-inclusive recap of our story thus far? Like, where are we and what are we doing and why? We saw Rock. Rock split. We run round. We see Mayor and King. Natalie Portman was there. And then Bugs and Evil Man with Claw. Then Travels and Adventure over Mountain and such. Then then Coastal Town. More Pinky Ether. I feel like you really summed up the the narrative, the storyline here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I mean, exactly I've, what's going on. I've There's heard some of the doppelgangers. Spider Man meme. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listener, what you what you can't hear because it is just Mikey saying Spider Man meme and then the wheels obviously turning and no words a lot of wrist movement but no words came out and just you saw the light go out of my eyes for about 30 seconds uh and i dissociated while uh i became the orator of a generation (laughs) yeah 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 the orator of a generation that's what it was. Dear miserable people of all lands everywhere. <laughs> we fucking hate you, but we're the best. <laughs> it's interesting because like, I would say like if Gaultier was giving a synopsis, it starts with like, we have express orders from the king to track down these shards and help solve this mystery, which we happen to be particularly qualified for since we were sort of coincidentally at the site of one of the impacts. Yeah, the real I already reason mentioned we're out here, that. The real reason Mash. we're out here is... Saw Rock! Saw Rock Absolutely Paul. glorious. Rock. King Mayor. King Natalie Portman. No, I would, I would say the fact that we we are on a mission from seeing a meteor crash to the ground. Um, or we saw a meteor crash to the ground and a bunch of pinky ether dudes and dudettes and... Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and other homies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, right, the mummies. And non-binary dudes as well. Mm, right, um, they're mummy daddies. Yes. So what's up What's up with these meteors? I'm curious, like, where your guys' heads are so that I know what I need to clarify moving forward, I guess. So what's this up with these motherfucker trying to make us write a story. No, no, yeah, no. I, I mean, I know, I know what they are. I know what's going on. I'm sure curious. you do, Nick. Why don't you tell us then? <laughs> they are shards of gemstones mm-hmm. that all broke apart. That that from our perspective, where one meteor the Jedi broke apart into four Captain pieces. Planet, Captain Planet, yeah, and the Martin of Umbros, aka Adrostos, wants us to collect them and throw them into Sirfindal Volcano. We're not really clear why. Like maybe he wants to bring his world into ours. Maybe he's trying to kill the bugs. But what we do know is that the bugs are coming from there. They're attacking magic people mm-hmm. uh, in real freaky chestburster ways. Anyway, King's like, hey, why don't you collect those rocks? 
but also is like letting us maintain custody of them. So that's pretty dope, but I don't really know what he want to what end he wants us to collect them. Uh, at least we know what the Martin wants. And, but the Martin's kind of a dick. Kind mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah. Clearly, kinda, clearly yeah. very uh, feared Angsty. within his own realm. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, I just re-listened yeah, yeah. to the episode where Liza turned into the uh, Martin and like went after two just like random thugs under that tree, mm. and like what to the and they were like to the point point of tears like when yeah. he just like even approached or like showed up. I was like, I, I forgot about that. And also, we see in when you changed in front of Cormac, like that's how you got a reaction out of him, mm. you know. So obviously, this is a a face, if not a title, that is formidable and kind, seemingly infamous. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it, definitely. And so, we have to kind of figure out. I think that. Babitha wants to know what his motives are. I think that's kind of where she's at. But at the moment realizes regardless of what his motives are, it's best for us to have the shards and be in control about what does or does not happen with them. Mm -hmm. But it seems that they have like the the perception that, it, that Babitha has is that the meteors punctured uh, thin space between Umbrose and our world and that that things are leaking through. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Galtier is split on like which which is the cause and which is the effect, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. are, are the shards like you know, harbingers in this sense of like they are a symptom of this thing that is happening or do they cause some of it or is are they related in a more tangential way like that's that's been a big uh, well probably more of a matt question than a galtier question to be perfectly <laughs> honest um but i think you know definitely questioning on that side yeah i mean I both mean, of these things happen simultaneously and there's no clear there's no clear sequencing from from what yeah. you guys know so it makes sense exactly that, yeah and like a max question for sure is how does something that falls from the sky relate to something that is, at this point, wholly terrestrial in experience? You know, mm -hmm. like if it if they were yeah. to like pop up from the ground, it would be like, oh, OK, right. these are two different planes well, like that are it like, I don't know. It's just like when you think of when I think of different planes of existence, I think of overlap physically not mm -hmm. overlap like air space wise like that just <laughs> sure sure like i i guess we my also, brain yeah uh, there's also like we have some open clues like galtier's conversation with the martin of umbros we had some like key words there that we now know but don't really know what they mean which is like the echoes need to achieve and tiffany uh which he described as like uh will allow him and their followers to like escape Umbros mm -hmm. and uh, I think he said achieve salvation. Yeah, that's what uh, I was just and, gonna say. And salvation, we know, yeah. right? And so we're like, okay, salvation in what way? Salvation like literally saved from this threat, or salvation like there's them some sort of like afterlife religious connotation. It's hard to know because mm -hmm. the way he's sort of grandstanding. And then the Kruthik, um we know are destroying their planet realm, whatever 
dimension, right? Destroying wherever that place is that the Martin and his followers are living. And I think he also gave us the clue that they're attracted to, I think he said the thinning, which is like the areas wherein, I assume the areas wherein like the veil is thinner between these two worlds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which would allow them to potentially cross over. And so we know we know the Kruthik are a threat to them. We know they want to escape. Unclear on if they are a threat to us, they being Martin's followers. We know the Kruthik are a threat to us because they seem relatively <laughs> mindless. They also seem to be able to cross over. So are they from where the Martin and his people live now? Or are they some sort of like... Uh, because D and assume interplanar travelers, mm-hmm. uh, fucking with shit. Uh, there and there was also, what did he say? He said, "Return the Antiphony to the volcano." Yeah, the great volcano. And so, like, because he was so interested in collecting shards, I, you know, I think both Matt and Galtier believe that like the shards have something to do with this idea of Antiphony. Do they need to be? you know, like recombined into one singular thing that is the Antiphony. That seems plausible because of how uh, plotting in stories like this works. Uh, <laughs> but also like, I don't, Easy. we don't really know, Easy. but also like we really don't know what that thing means. Right. Where it's like, yeah, could we, could we chuck them in one at a time and get the same effect? I don't know. And also do, if we throw them into the volcano, which I was what I assume return to the volcano means, uh, cause fucking, you know, Mordor, um, do we even want to do that, right? Is that a thing that, like, saves them from their crisis and we're heroes and that's dope? Or is that a thing that, like, smashes our worlds together <laughs> and suddenly it's like, hey, these motherfuckers are here for real now. Yeah, yeah. And we got to, like, figure that out. You know what yeah. I mean? And you, you take really good notes. I'll, I'll give you credit there. I had to scroll a bit, but I... <laughs> well, I will also say the, the conversation with Martin of Umbrose was like, a, I had made a terrible choice <laughs> that brought me to that <laughs> situation. And B, I was like, he said a bunch of shit that I'm pretty sure is like super important. <laughs> like, yeah, he definitely. was he was monologuing a little bit. And I was like, oh, I got to write all this down because uh, I'm about to just like, you know, pew, 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 say some dumb cowboy <laughs> shit and then get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, classic. That sounds about right. I mean, that was definitely more than 30 seconds, but uh, I think I think that pretty much sums up like. Sort Sorry. of the questions. I had, to, in. I had to chat through it to remember all the shit I should say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that feels that feels pretty good to me. Like that's where that's where I felt like you guys were at with what you know and what you're presuming. And so I feel pretty good knowing that that is actually where you are. And I'm not like I'm not leaving a bunch of bread, you know, breadcrumbs that aren't getting picked up or whatever. Well, clean up after yourself, Nick. I'm not picking up your fucking breadcrumbs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, rude. Also, why do you keep eating toast naked in the bedroom? You can't stop me. Oh, no. So, D&D, how about? Yes, please. I feel like we're there. I feel like we're ready. I feel I'm like we're so recapped. Ready. And I feel like, well, I feel nervous, but I always feel nervous. Yes. <laughs> I, feel, I feel nervous. I always feel nervous before we play. I don't know why. It's stupid and it doesn't make any sense, but I have also a feeling that it will never stop happening. So I've learned to just get used to it. It's just blackness. Just darkness. Shut up. No, I don't like that sound. Liza, you wake up. 
You're on the I couch in the living room of the Hobbit hole. It's it's early, really early. There's faint light coming from the window on the far side of the room, and then. And then you see the unmistakable red hair of Bjork. Or maybe it's BND, who knows. As they run by on the other side of the coffee table. Okay, you can't make the, the same couch. skittering sound for I people's didn't. feet as different. the fucking chitter of watch, the watch, 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 watch. And. See? Mm? It's in the waveforms. We can see it. Unfortunately, <laughs> he is correct. You hear you hear a Don't give him the thud the on man. the far side of the room behind you where you can't see behind the couch. Oh my god, I'm surrounded. And as you look, you see the other twin, Bjork or Biendi, who knows? Oh my standing god. on a shelf, reaching up to grab something from the top. Uh I'm immediately just going to I already like that scream that I did was not as loud as it was in my actual home. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I will just like having been startled awake and starting startling the one of the children. Uh, I will. How how close is uh, one of the uh, the the twins? one on the far side of the coffee table is like five feet away from you, very close. And then the one reaching up to try and steal things. That one's probably like ten feet behind you the other way. Okay. Like climbing on a on a like a bookshelf to pull off some knickknacks. Okay. Um, I am just gonna take a like little throw pillow and throw it at the one behind me. Ah, hey, I did think you, they're awake. Did you just say Egad? And they run up to the backside of the couch and look up over the backside. Lisa, you're awake! Yes, you guys are not as good at hiding as I thought you to be. No, that was kind of your thing. Hey, do you want some of this stuff? No, I want you to put actually what is it? <laughs> uh, the twin holds out like a wooden carved horse with little tiny jewels as eyes. Does it have a name on the bottom? <laughs> he looks on the bottom. Roger? Oh god. Oh. Okay. Um is this a is this a legless <laughs> horse statue? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's just a manatee. Uh yeah, I think so. Oh my god, you guys Do you want it? The mo- this is the most valuable thing you could have found in the home. Here, um, you you take this one. There's a whole series of them. There's like four of them. Holy shit. This is um, oh, I, okay. First, I I will find a way to cast identify to see how expensive this is, and <laughs> then we will decide whether or not this is worth stealing. Okay. You look across to the far side of the room, and the other one is like up on the back of the chair, pulling a piece of artwork off the wall. Dear God, that's too big. No, they look, they look you back have at you. to stop. <gasps> I swear, I thought I was gonna be able to get it. No, let's go outside and talk. Nice. Uh, Slowly puts it back on the wall. I did not risk my life and risk my friends' lives for you to be stupid little dicklings, okay? But it's worth money! Yes, but so is your life. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Cool. Let's let's chill outside for a hot little second. You guys walk outside the door and Liza, you can see this is probably the first time that you guys any of you guys have been outside this hobbit hole. Basically just going outside the front door, it opens up like you're on the top of a ridge right at the edge of a tree line and you can see this like it's very very faint light right now we're talking like three in the morning 3 30 in the morning like right as it's starting to get light is that too early i'm from alaska man it's 24 7 where i'm from anywho you can see astrovale like three or four miles away and you can see the full the whole entirety of the city including the giant bridge that goes that leads inside hey liza liza why did you come back we thought you were gone forever. I mean, I came back with the other two weirdos that I'm here with. Uh, the two folks that uh, saved your life. So uh, we came back because... Uh, and oh, yeah. shifts their face into Galtier and put and pulls out <laughs> out of like their pack uh, one of the copies of the writ of the king and just goes, By order of the writ... <laughs> Of the king himself, I am employed by Sublime himself. Whoa. So yes, that's pretty much why I'm here. Galtier hears this incredibly faintly in his sleep and gets a slight erection. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go from Camden's cellar to Blythe's throne room? I don't even know what to call it. Um, I would say it's more of a man cave. But, um, yeah, it's mainly, I mean, I can do this, and I do, <laughs> like, a little minor illusion of just, like, I don't know, some bullshit, like, a, a, a little butterfly, and, like, fly it into their face, uh, and, uh, and I'm just, like, pretty good at it, and, uh, the little lady, the old lady, and the frog. They recruited this guy for that. And so I'm part of the coven. I'm part of one Say, of the covens. I was doing a little bit of thinking. Oh. What if you take us back to Madrigal with you when you go? Sure. <gasps> yes! You know, why, wait, why? Well, you know, we were at four wins in the Charybdis. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing that out there. We were probably going to get all 10 and get freed anyways. But just in case we weren't going to, it might be better for us if we just go back to Madrigal. I was thinking about it a lot, and it only makes sense. That checks out. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Oh, did you hear that, Bjork? We're going to Madrigal! Quick Um, question. Uh, So what class are you? Lower. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Galtier answering. Well, uh, I don't know about, like, you know, there's no, like, formal training or anything other than what you taught us, really. Uh, Like, we're just, like, thieves, you know? But don't tell anybody. That's fine. Um, If you tell anybody... They only have backgrounds. They don't have classes yet. (laughs) Yeah. We're NPCs. What did you expect? Some background, buddy. No, uh, it's it's mainly just 
I want to make sure that you guys can take care of yourselves. We run into stuff that is... So, it, let me explain. We willingly ran into the Charybdis and... Actually, I won't say we. I willingly ran into the Charybdis um, and my friends were freaked out most likely. Did not ask them. <laughs> And it, mm -hmm. and we were probably not going to die. If it was just us there, we would have been able to get out of there, no problem. The fact that I wanted to take care of you and take you out of there imperiled us. But that wow. kind of stuff is manageable for us. Unnecessary risks are okay. Do you hear that, BND? Oh, that's what that's Lysa said. Not at all the message I wished for you to get out of that. It was more. But it worked you out. You shouldn't. Okay. Mm mm -hmm. Well, all I want is for you not to die and make my sacrifice and my friend's sacrifice mm -hmm. not stupid. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, it does kind of make sense that. You came in and saved us. And, I mean, Correct. not that we, like, asked you to or anything, but it's really good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you, too. You know, I I was shocked to walk through the old stomping grounds and, and see the diner turned into a fucking bougie little bullshit, but... Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Why wouldn't... What? Uh, what? Jeff did. You remember Jeff? Yes, I remember Skeff. How can you remember such a stupid name? <laughs> and such a stupid face. That was the whole thing. Hey, I saw it. Did you know that? You saw what? I was there when Jeff stabbed Camden. I was in the office with him. Boo. Boo. It was pretty nasty. But it was just like a it was like a one and then and then Camden fell down and then it was just like another one and another one and another one and then and then it was like nothing and and and, and Jeff was just in charge I guess uh, okay so time for therapy appointments once we get back to Madrigal oh it'll be fine <laughs> right as you say that Babatha comes out the door she's holding a steaming cup of, mug of tea it's uh handcrafted and blue and has a c on the front cormac is right behind her and um also has a, a mug a, a less nondescript she's obviously taken like his you know good good mug uh, and he's using one of the guest mugs mm. and um Sorry, loves. We're talking about going back to Madrigal. We, we've got to go to the Maelstrom first. <laughs> you know, the guys and I, we were planning on going to Rosemore after this, but, well, there's four of us, and we could just take the, the four of you wherever you need to go, and then we can head ourselves back to Madrigal with your friends, including Jeremy. Where is Galtier waking up? Do we have? Uh, do we have like rooms? Or was, was was all sort of, or was it a little more communal situation? This, this is kind of like this is an Airbnb for intents and purposes. And you guys, 
the four of you guys kind of pushed it past its limit. So that's like the luck guys are sleeping in the couple of beds. Maybe you're sharing a bed with a gnome or something. Well, they're all gnomes you know? in, in regular sized beds, right? No, it's a or, hobbit oh hole. no, this is a hobbit hole. Okay. So they're not super oh. big. So, so for example, Liza was on the one couch. Maybe you were on a recliner in the living room or he made some okay. space in the kitchen. I don't know what kind of conditions uh, Galtier is going to find himself needing. I, I will He's just say that. He's not going to fit um, in any gnome-sized furniture. Yeah, no. Obviously, as people are sort of like wrestling and slowly waking up, Galtier is going to be the last one out, not because he was the last one up, but because he has meticulously refolded every sheet or blanket that was in his general vicinity and <laughs> stacked them up. Night, but they're like crisp military folds. Mm. Uh, he's like really taking care of the hosts. Um, not because he gives a fuck about them, but just out of habit. See, this is the funny thing, is that um, Liza normally would be the last one to get up and everyone else would have gotten up at dawn and Liza would have woken up at like 9 a.m. Uh, mainly because that is a strictly max trait. And also, uh, so to me, I just read this as like when I'm over at my aunt's place and she gets up at 4.30 on a Sunday because that's Hell just yeah. her like life. And I what, get up what, at 8.30. I aspire and to like, that. Yeah. Morning person is me playing a thing I've never been and never will be. <laughs> So there's four of us, and we can take you to different places as you see fit. Just simply let us know, and we will make it happen. Well, we need to go to the Maelstrom, darling. I told you this. Oh, right. Well, I by by the way, I do want to ask, um, how much is this? And I hold up the little <laughs> horse statue. I Four gold pieces. Does the name Roger mean anything to you? <laughs> I, look, this is this is sort of a, a trade agreement that we had with this Hobbit family to let us stay here. They stayed in our place uh, over in Rosemore. Like I said, we were thinking about going home. And they stayed there. We stayed here for a little while. I love a good a, hovel swap. Yes, it you was know what a I mean? The whole hovel swap community is really great. It's really it was, lovely. We met on the, we met on the Scrynet. Oh, naturally. It's fantastic. Naturally. But when that is going to saunter out here at this point, now, uh, are we sure Roger's not the famous chef Roger from the Merklins? What? <laughs> it's Roger a horse. For the, for Roger, for, well, there's no reason a chef can't be a horse now, is there? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you have me there. <laughs> I would, they can't I wouldn't have peered you, Liza, as the sort to judge someone based on their form, but it sounds like we have a few things to learn still. I mean, I've just... Whoa. I have some things that I need to work through personally. <laughs> Clearly, that were just brought you up know, for me. Seriously, you know what, Liza? Why can't... don't you just take it? can be chefs these days? I, um, Liza, I would can like... I... Can you get me some druids that I can talk to, please? <laughs> I, Max, what a fucking just inspired choice. Like, of course, druids are the ones that when you show up, they're like, how did that make you feel, man? <laughs> oh, for me, it was just because they can wild shape. <laughs> do, you, do, you need, like, do you need, like, some roots who could make you feel better about that? At this, um, at, Gal so right Galtier now. comes out, and I would like to canonically say that he is using, like, definitely like a camp travel mug. He nice. has not taken 
a coffee cup from this abode. He is instead, <laughs> it's that weird solid metal mug that actually yep. when you put anything hot in it, what? if you touch it, it fucking it. burns you. It's so it's horrible. Yeah, What's oh, the those point? Those are my favorites. I love them. I love them. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> so as soon as Galtier walks monsters. out, just a, just an instant behind him come Ulysses, Lumi, and Klondike, the other three members of Luck. Uh, and they're all like pulling on their long, they got these, all four of them have these long gray beards. Cormac's handlebar mustache beard deal is fucking on point, by the way. Um, and they all come out and stretch in and, so where are we going today? Uh, oh, this just turned into a real stretch. Uh. <laughs> well, um, would you, would <sighs> one of, would two of you, what, mm, would they choice of you please help take these two to Madrigal and we go to Maelstrom. Well, well now why are you sending your friends off to Madrigal there, Liza? Because they will die if we take them to the Maelstrom. I mean, it's a little bit of plot armor, don't you think? I want to turn I want to turn to Bjork and Bindi uh, and say, well, now, what sort of crime brought y'all into this here uh, Charybdis. We didn't even do it, man. That's what I like to hear. Don't say any more words. Let me just real quick write you a letter. I'm going to send off with them. I know some people who know some people who well, you understand. <laughs> that is oh, that is truly <laughs> so talk about so an inspired choice. Uh, <laughs> that that deserves inspiration. Well, yeah, I can't, I can't exactly take you to the maelstrom as I've never been um, there myself. But but I you can try. We can take you to the airship. We can take you to. The... Well, now we did, we did charter a, a fare on that particular airship, did we not? Yes, we, of course. And we, we, we did night, ask right? them to take us to the airship, but we decided. We to said a lot of things night. last night. Things got wild last night. You guys were night. really drunk last night, G. I mean, I was like, how are you feeling? I drank so much chamomile tea, it was insane. It was Somebody listen, pronounced Admiral like Adamaril. <laughs> Adamaril. <laughs> what now? When you say so, someone, hold on a minute. <laughs> so, so where are we going? <laughs> Who's splitting up where? Um, Let's nail this down. So, uh, Ulysses uh, is going to pen a letter real quick to, for Bjork and Bindi. Okay. Um, it basically is just like uh, these two were wrongfully imprisoned in Astervale. Their names have been besmirched. I have definitive proof. Trust me, Wax Seal. <laughs> uh, like he's gonna basically just like pull his weight to hook up the homies um, to try to like give the, and like whatever. I don't know what I have to do to like prep that, but give them that so that when we we want to ship them off to Madrigal with that in hand, so they can. Mm-hmm. Meet someone and like get their shit, you know, expunged or whatever. Somebody at this point, some somebody, no, you guys don't know who started it. Somebody's just passing around the kettle to refill your coffee or refill your coffee or tea. Just starts mm-hmm. going around, yes, and you guys are watching as the daylight, you know, it, it gets brighter and brighter over Astrovale. So Bjork and Bindi go back to Madrigal. Jeremy, Lumi can take Jeremy somewhere. Jeremy doesn't want to come with us to the maelstrom. He's like he our new bud. Well, he doesn't have a ticket on. Let me ask a quick question: Who the fuck is Jeremy? The <laughs> fish man. I know, I know. I just can't. Who's the fish Does anybody want to I know. Jeremy's my fault, and I apologize. Um, can we can we talk to Jeremy for a minute and figure out like where the fuck? 
Where's yeah, Jeremy you, from? What did What's you his need, deal? What did you want to yeah, know? What, what did you want to know what, about now, me? Now, Jamie, obviously we were in a, a bit of a pressure cooker situation. God, I love uh, yes, Yesterday. Oh, rest. Uh, drink up, son. And now, I was just curious. If you could go uh, anywhere, where would you want to go? Where could we... We have. Oh, we, yeah, it seems yeah. we have these means of travel at our disposal, and we would like to send you back to uh, right, your happy right. place, as it were. Unless you care to join us, darling. We are adventurers. You know, I'd never been there before, but I've heard, that the salt, slimy, babes. I've heard that the salt lake in the mist meadow is pretty nice this time of year. You know what I mean? You can just go there and blub, blub, blub around. Absolutely no idea what you were talking oh, about. Oh, come hey, on. I'm sure you know what To each their like. own. You know what I'm saying? Jammy 8. That sounds like a jammy sort of lake. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Can we go there? So, could you please tell me, are you able to eat tilapia? <laughs> well, I mean, tech. Technically, it's a different species, so, I mean, I could. So it's a goofy Pluto situation. <laughs> Just like Pugmire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time that I went to this really fucked up world? There were, like, no humans, and everyone was like a dog or like a pig or a talking badger. It was wild. Don't recommend. It's an interesting plane, though. Maybe that's... Oh. Jeremy Jeremy looks to Liza and he says, Would you eat her? Jeremy, I don't think you understand the implications <laughs> of the question you have asked. Can can Liza just like fully expend all spell slots and murder Jeremy just instantaneously? <laughs> yeah, Why sure. Blast this blast them can, if you want. Can I black bolt this motherfucker? <laughs> Je- Jeremy, let me ask you a follow-up question. I asked Bjork and Benny the same thing before we sent them off. Now, uh, why, why were you in uh, a situation that we found you in? What, what precipitated your arrival at this uh, Charybdis? Did you commit some sort of crime or something? I was at the tilapia. I couldn't stay away. You caught me. What? You caught me. How do, I don't know I, how you knew I, about I, it. I, I'm gonna need forty percent more words. I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, it, so it was the tilapia. <laughs> Did you steal from the fish market? Do I really need to elaborate? Yes. One hundred percent. Were you fucking fish? Was it like a bestiality thing? Did you use it like a fish light, or like how did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Look, I'm I'm not the dungeon master, Max. I, penalty, penalty. I, I don't have this power. Max, take an inspiration die for fish life. Fuck. And if Nick says no, I will physically fight him. He will 1v1 you right now. Uh, oh, shit. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I suck at that motion. Incredible. <laughs> no, I just, I just, uh, I'm, I'm going to pester Jeremy for, like, what's your deal? Are you a bad guy or is this, like, you know, did you get arrested for like weird bureaucratic reasons, or maybe discriminatory reasons as a fish person, or are you a sex pest? Like, what's up? Oh yeah, no, it was it was the tilapias. That's what I said. Oh my God, I'm uh, kill again, him. I need just a few more words. It was it was Mister and Missus Tilapia. I just couldn't I couldn't help myself, so I you know I was hungry and they were there. So what is a guy to do? Can- cannibalism. 
Mr. and Mrs. Tilapia. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now is that just is that their surname or is that also their species designation? Well, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a one for two kind of thing. Well, their so, their species. So like, my they, name is Jeremy Kuotoa. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> which which tracks a hundred percent. Let me ask you this, Mister and Mrs. Tilapia. Could they speak? I hate this fucking show. <laughs> oh well, well, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Okay, yeah. so I they had they had perhaps a home and children and jobs and lives. Yeah, but yeah, but in my defense, they looked really good. I'm gonna stab Jeremy in the throat. <laughs> can we please? Can we please kill Jeremy? And I'm gonna kill Jeremy. <laughs> kill Jeremy. Okay. Um. Actually, <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna cast command on him and just say flee die no tell him die, die. Uh, I, yeah yeah tell, tell him tell him to freeze because i'm gonna stab him in his face i don't want to kill him i just want him to oh, leave no. this is judge jury executioner baby exalted by the king let's go now if if i do have narrative control of this what galtier would like to do sure sure is eat not, jeremy i would like to eat jeremy no um i would like to uh as this discussion starts to turn like progressively worse, <laughs> uh, throw an arm around Jeremy and try to lead him like I don't know where this patio situation that we're on it like lead him away from everyone. As like this is a matter oh, we yeah. should discuss potentially in private. Yeah, definitely. I um, was wondering. I was wondering because I probably can't go back to Astrovale either. So maybe uh, uh-huh. uh, you of know, course of course yeah yeah i wanted to hit the mist meadow like i said it sounds pretty nice this time and of year there's a nice little village off the you know on the on the side of the sea i'd, so, I'd like to get him sounds um, pretty nice basically out of visual range of anyone else and then like oh look a rabbit shank 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 <laughs> oh look, look, uh, look I'm, I'm looking at the rabbit and i will come back to um whichever of the luck members are around and, and sort of like wave wave somebody over <laughs> uh, and yeah, just Klondike, go like Klondike comes over yeah oh, Klondike thank you so much uh, oh I see J- uh, there's a little J- bit of a problem over here huh yeah yeah Jam is a fucking monster oh. now yeah no he seemed Klondike, he seemed very strange last night I, I have done what needs to be done but if you could if you could send his body down to uh, that lake he was talking send him down to the misty whatever the fuck that lake he was talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's the least we could do are you sure that's a pretty high level spell <laughs> I don't know if it's the least we could do <laughs> as soon as you said he was acting a little weird last night my head immediately went to he's everyone's like drinking and having a good time and he's just in the corner just like like l- slowly licking his lips, <laughs> just the just... fish eyes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. A Yule- or a Klondike. Klondike grabs Jeremy, picks him up, and <laughs> disappears. If Klondike needed more reassurance, I will also just say, like, hey, like, he eats you're his right. You're, you're right. Well, this is an expenditure. Also, I did just murder that dude. Uh, <laughs> I do. So it does. Like, hey, this one's on me. You're right. <laughs> you are all standing on the edge of the tree line, um, and you, you know, you're looking down at this shimmering blue city from a few miles away, and and it looks really nice now that like it's almost daylight. It's early morning, and again, there's that just enormous bridge that runs into the city, the one that's big enough for a ship to sail under, 
the Iracana Ocean in the backdrop, calm and quiet. Now, the hangar bay? Now, now do we know what time our ship sets sail? Does anyone remember our correspondence with the Admiral? You want some, to get there as close to departure as possible? Some Sometime this morning. Well, no, my thought is... Uh, Perhaps don't teleport into the <laughs> hangar and or ship if we could instead teleport a few blocks away and uh, walk in with the people who we actually have an invitation from and make things look, you know, on the up and up as far as uh, paperwork is concerned. Uh, that way, nobody sees us and thinks that they have to do what I just did to Paul Jeremy. <laughs> hangar Bay, Cormac says, and he snaps his fingers. <laughs> You guys appear on the docks just outside the hangar bay, and it's a busy commotion like it was before. Vendors, buskers, all this cool ships on this beautiful docking bay, and you're basically right in front of the main guard to let you into the hangar bay. And it kind of jumps back as you guys appear right in front of him. And then he recognizes you. Here are our tickets, darling. Tabitha was holding on to all of them. Oh, you better hurry up. Come, we'll take come, the come tickets. on, come on, come on, come on. And we take off. He doesn't take the tickets, though. Okay. We rush on. Wait, you have to give uh, me your tickets. I ha- I presented <laughs> them to you, goddammit. Ga- Galtier will, will turn to him as the last one on a go. When I don't, you know you should never rush a lady. Go on, get. Get. Oh, I like you. You guys, you guys enter this hangar bay, and there's shouting coming from all corners of the bay and of the ship, of the deck. It's just like, all hands on deck, and they're shouting and yelling, and there's soldiers working. They're scurrying, dragging ropes and equipment as the blue and silver glass ceiling aperture opens to the skies above. You guys are just in time to die. Just kidding. You guys pretty immediately realize you're cutting it close here and kind of like you feel the frantic the frantic energy in the space to get going and get on board. And as you start running up the ramp, you see Captain DeSangre at the top of the ramp. You're in trouble! Come, 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 come! And he's just shouting at you guys from the top. And as you guys are even running up the ramp, they're like, the, the workers are getting ready to pull it onto the onto the decking and it cut you guys loose the ship is like setting sail right now immediately as the ramp comes off the engines the engines just roar to life and there's this thick black smoke that billows out from these stacks at the end of the ship and the the propellers speed up and they start to glow because of their anti-gravity rings Oh my god, so cool. You guys feel barely as the Uraka lifts from this waterbed in the hangar. And then just a bunch of sailors on the deck. You guys are kind of standing there next to the captain who greets you guys and immediately sets off towards the, the upper deck. Sailors back and forth, pulling, tying ropes of the sails. Even more of them now that the the Uraka is starting to 
float out of this hangar bay. People are running towards the railings, and as you clear the hangar bay, there's whoops and whistles. People are shouting down to people on the docks who are shopping. Oh, it's whoops, for sure, and whistles. And people are just shouting back and forth, yelling. This is like, it's like an event, you know? Like, could you imagine seeing an airship take off out of the middle of this beautiful dock? Like, people love it. Is this sort of like, it's like a rocket launch in Florida, like... Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, not everyone's there, but there is like there is a contingent of people who are like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we heard they're taking off this morning. I want to watch. Oh, I was That's thinking of it like, like the Titanic or something, where it's just like people... Like yeah, yeah. Up on ridges, just like waving for like seventy-seven minutes until they're out of sight. <laughs> right, totally. <laughs> you know, like I said, whoops and whistles as people are waving back and forth, and the water is dripping from the hole, and the shadow of the airship starts floating over the city. The Uraka gently tilts westward towards the ocean. As you guys feel it beginning its journey towards the maelstrom. So, now that you guys are on the ship, the first hour of this journey is, it's really interesting. I mean, people are running back and forth. There's there's this really high energy and everybody's working very hard. It's kind of the situation where, you know, you want to talk to, to Captain DeSangre, but you also know that, like, Galtier in particular, you know that like the first hour, getting on course, getting things set, making sure that everything is going to go smoothly while we're in the air, all of this is very important. So my question to you is, what do you guys do in this first hour where people are working and busy and everybody's doing something and you guys maybe are a little bit lost and confused? I don't know what your experience is on ships, but this is like a all hands on deck situation. You know, everybody needs to be alert and prepared. Tabitha has definitely put herself kind of in the crowd that look like the kind of like gearheads and or magic casters, right? She just immediately is like, she wants to know how the ship works. She wants to know what she can do. Like, she's ready. Yeah, similarly, Galtier is hobnobbing with uh, those of status birth. And I think in particular, like... He likes to jive with the nobles or whatever, but Galtier thinks of himself as an everyman, even though that's obviously not true. And so if there are, like, military people around, like, he's definitely... that That's who he wants to rub elbows with, is, like, people who have status but also have been in the muck a little bit. Because he, yeah. he thinks of himself that way, like, whether or not it's true. And Liza is mainly just trying to fuck with Captain DeSangre um, and make him think that they're interested but then every time that he comes to talk to them they like act like they have to go do something else and just basically uh, sexually yeah just play hard to get sexually gaslight you know all that shit Lisa I thought that you and your friends were going to join me for dinner I was so disappointed I would say that we were preoccupied meeting some old friends, and how do I put this in a way that will make sense? Um, 
we interrupted the Charybdis to the point of friends having to rescue us by dimension dooring us multiple <laughs> miles outside the city. Yes, about that. Uh, never mind, bye. I did hear about this, you know. And, and Liza's gone. <laughs> uh, it's mainly just like, Liza's just going to be like, if that's what you want to talk about, uh, there's not much to say. Um, but if you want to talk about other things, I'm more than happy to talk about. Let's give. Let's go to Babitha really quick. Babitha, you're, you you kind of find yourself wandering around the lower decks of the ship. You 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 know what you're looking for. You know you're kind of interested in the functionality of the ship and how it works. And you find yourself wandering around while most of the people are upstairs and you make your way back towards the actual engines of the ship where where the mechanisms are where the things actually work and you're finding so this is kind of like a a traditional think wooden ship wooden built ships made out of a thousand iron delanian ironwoods um and there's you know quarters and, and doors all over the place and towards the back of the ship so there's three sets of double doors, one on the left, one on the right, and then one at the back, which you presume is going to be the back side is where the engine compartment actually is. And you check the doors, the two on the left and right are locked, but the one in the middle is, is open and you can crack it open. And in the back engine compartment of this ship, which it, like it's big and it's really, really hot here, but you see runes and carvings all over the walls that give you the impression that it's probably would be much hotter if it wasn't for some magic, some magic interference. And you see this, it's functionally a giant fucking steam engine. And again, it's, it's etched with all of these rooms, runes that give it extra, extra power and kind of keep it a little bit quieter. But obviously it's so big and so powerful that even the magic isn't enough to completely silence it or drown it out. And you see, like, around the engine are piles of coal. Hmm. Roll me a, um, some kind of artificer or whatever is artificery. Investigation is the role I would like. Four. Plus six. Ten. What you see in this engine room, these, this fuel for the airship, this isn't enough coal to fuel the ship, and you don't remember seeing any other place that they might be, like, storing fuel. This kind of strikes you as a little bit interesting. Meanwhile, we flash over to Gaultier Dejambeau, who is standing with another another human man who's wearing a f- some finery, some a nice cloak, and... I forgot we were playing D&D for a second, and you said another human man, and I was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sort of gesturing around. You guys are in a, in a cafeteria, essentially. And so this was where the funding, particularly that I donated towards the construction of the ship, went. I prefer to have fine dining while I'm away from home. I don't know about yourself, but... Oh, I can show you the galley, the entire galley. The kitchen itself is is wonderful. It is going to be so phenomenal. I have heard that Elred Cavesword is a phenomenal kick- cook. Uh, Gautier will hold up his morning wine and say, "What well, I, I do appreciate uh, 
the vintages you have here, and of course, this delectable buffet you have uh, reached out to everyone. This is uh, truly incredible, and a credit to you. And, and then he will try to, like, cast his eyes about for someone who he thinks is a more military person and say, but I have to say, on a ship such as this, it does give me uh, memories that make me wish I was eating one of them field meals. You know what I'm saying? What? Well, now, You enjoy that? Well, enjoyment is a tough word, but oh, you become you become accustomed to the life out there. Now, those of us that are real soldiers, and he'll again sort of like cast his eyes about uh, it. It may not be the most enjoyable part of your life, but it becomes a thing that, of course, is a it's an unlikely comfort. I'll put it that way. It's interesting that you're talking about casting your eyes about because, like, right now, ninety percent of the people on the ship are on deck. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a ghost town kind of. You know I, what I, mean? I fully expect that he's saying that to like eight people who are just like rich beyond belief and don't care, <laughs> and he's trying sure, to be sure. like, "MREs are pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this guy leads you down behind the kitchen, kind of like deserted hallways as you progress through the galley. And he's, he's showing you the like the back entrance into the kitchen so you can go and check it out because it's beautiful. He stops out at one of the doors. If you would excuse me for just a moment, I do need to find myself a restroom. But if you would like to take a look inside, it is rather beautiful within. Again, all of the funding Throughout. that I dedicated towards this construction went to this particular area of the ship. Uh, throughout this, Galthia's been making sort of like kind comments about how nice everything looks. Uh, and as this guy tries to take his leave, Galthia's going to like uh, do like a you know, handshake, but with the other hand on the back, like a real clasp situation. Uh, and just go like, now, your funds have clearly been spent very appropriately. This ship is beautiful, and I might not say, this seems to be the crown jewel of the whole situation. You've done a good job there, friend. Oh, why, thank you. And while we are on the subject, he draws a dagger from his hip. Best regards. But we're going to catch up with that next time on Knuckle Bone. I can tell from your face that I shouldn't say what I want to say. Which is all the but- <laughs> oh, it's, it's going to be dirty. Let me, let me ask a quick question. Who the fuck is Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>